that was hours ago. Hours no. ago for you? No, not hours ago. My time. We are 7.52 in the morning, my time, on recording day, and that is uh, breakfast is at 6. 6 o'clock your time. What was yep. for breakfast this morning? Oh, Lord, I pigged out. Which That's my pig out time, breakfast. You can eat all you want. Breakfast like a king, right? Supper mm. like a peasant, which I have a hard time with the peasant thing, but but uh, we had we had eggs and toast and beans. I used to hate beans for breakfast. We had them every day morning growing up. I'm, like, I'm never eating a bean again. Now it's one of my favorite things with <laughs> eggs. <laughs> what? How did? How were the beans fixed? You know what? Uh, my old favorite way was just to boil a pot of beans. You know, and pinto beans, just boil them, and now. Since I'm a working man and Katie's a working lady, and when ain't nobody in time, got time to be in the house watching a pot of beans boil, we uh, I put them in the old Instapot. I'm a new Instapot fan. Oh yeah, yeah, we got one of those. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I do lots of. I used to never like cooking a roast. Hell no, I'm not gonna sit there and I'm not in the house, and so I I'm not gonna be checking. And not that you have to check it all the time, but the Instapot put it on there right before I go to bed. It cooks it and then it'll keep it warm. And by morning time, mm, it's a good day. Wow. I may have to take a page out of that book. I love yeah, beans. I like beans. I do the same thing with beans. Put them in 50 minutes and then and then on the Instapot, it'll keep it warm. And so the next morning, there's sitting there warm. The old, like a, like a uh, crock pot deal, you know, mm-hmm. it's cool. I like it. Nobody knew they were going to get a cooking show on today's podcast, did they? Hey. We we play it all here on this <laughs> this here show. All oh, facets. <laughs> well, so we had I a great visit with Larry last week. Anything that jump out from that visit that you thought we might need to revisit, recover? clarify you know i no, i didn't get a lot of questions or comments um a few attaboys this week which is awesome to both of us but uh you know the one thing that's just encouraging to me is is um as we sit here on our our little stool um sometimes we get caught in our own head doing our own things and and uh it's encouraging to see somebody like larry and somebody like jill who appreciates the tca appreciates what we're doing and uh and and wants to participate it's fun to it's fun to have people wanting to participate and enjoying um the journey that we're on they're on a similar journey and and it's fun to have company i i like that's a good thing for me absolutely you could call it shared adversity i mean (laughs) that that makes it community doesn't it when you got a shared adversity when you get similar challenges and and no one really completely has it figured out and we're all just kind of moving forward as best we can. Um, there is one right, thing this- I don't that, that have been kind of a niggling away at me here a little bit. Um, you guys were talking about, you didn't take, you don't take a deposit <clears throat> when you, mm-hmm. uh, on a project. So what mm-hmm. you, I guess I'll let you clarify what you mean by how do you do that? Well, like somebody calls me and says, I'm going to place an order. 
Only thing I need is a phone number and an email. I don't want any money. Um, yeah, so no, not no even money after down. you get started on the project, you don't take a deposit. Uh, no, no. The only time it so our projects aren't for the most part. I'm gaining towards this direction, but most of the time my projects aren't a month long, right? They're oh a couple weeks, um, I should say. So hopefully I'm managing my money good enough that I can handle two weeks without a paycheck. And so mm -hmm. a, a lot of, I get a lot of arguments of, of people saying other makers saying, well, I got a guarantee. I got to have a guarantee and the deposit guarantees they'll, they'll be there. Uh, I don't like that. I don't like owing anybody, anything. So that, so that, that would be the beginning statement. Like uh, somebody places an order. I want to guarantee that when I call them, they're going to order something. Well, also, I don't want to guarantee. I, I, I'm not concerned about the guarantee because that ties me down to that conversation and that price and that everything that was said at that point. So, so when somebody calls me and they says, Willie, how much for a pair of spurs? I'll say 7,500. And they're going to like, okay, perfect. Let's do this. Um, and then when I call them in two years and the price is now 10,000 because diesel's $10 a gallon, I got to have more money. They're going to say, Hey, uh, that 7,500 that I gave you half deposit down on, I'm locked in on that, on that 7,500. I've also spent the 3,500 that they gave me and, and I'm only getting half of what my time is. And I, I just don't see that that's a valuable thing. Now, okay. I call them. The other side of that equation is, is they've waited their three years. Um, I didn't take a deposit and now the price is 10,000. We all agree on it. 10,000 is the way we go. And, and they, they, if, if most of my customers aren't going to skip out on me at that point. They're, you know, they're just, they're not, and my, I'm not, I'm not like you and have a, a tree and all this leather and things that I have to purchase. Um, it's just not that big for me. My cost of materials isn't that big. My cost of living and running the shop is big, but not the not the material. So I'm not actually out a whole lot of money to complete a project other than time. I'm out a whole bunch of time, but not materials, not money out of pocket, so to speak. Does that make sense? So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a deposit's not that big for me and it doesn't tie me down. I owe nobody nothing. So if I call in three years and the price is now way big and people uh, don't want to spend it, I get it. Understand no foul, no harm done. I move on to the next order. And, and uh, I mean, I, I counted up my list this week. I got 53 people on my list wow. that date back to that date back to 2018, October of 2018. So I'm not, I mean, it's going to sound terrible, but I'm, I'm not concerned about somebody dropping off the list. Right. And there's, there's plenty to do. So, so I don't, I don't want to hold their money. I don't want it in my pocket. Yeah, I don't either. I, I uh, <clears throat> that's you're borrowing their money is what what it amounts to. You're borrowing yes. their money if you and my my system's a hybrid of what you got going. I I mm -hmm. don't charge anything to be on the list, but once I get a tree ordered, then I take a deposit enough to pay for the tree and and not a every time but i'll usually get maybe up to a third of the total cost once we get 
together on price and design and everything, then I'll, I'll take what would add up to a third or so of the project and then just the rest do on completion. So sure. Yeah. Keeping your money for months or years. That's nuts. That's you don't want to go there. And I, well, these trades, I'm, I'm a fiend for trades. You, you have been yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those yeah are, that's another, butt. I'm borrowing your money kind of deal. It's not money, but you're, you know, you, it's usually an imbalance of some kind, at least in my yeah. world it is. Well, it is for mine because I live paycheck to paycheck, unfortunately, for the most part. And, and that's a lot better now than it used to be. But, but, uh, you, you, you kind of depend on getting paid a little bit for the time that you spend on something. And, and when you take a month off to do a pair of spurs for your good friend, Carrie Schwartz, that's going to be expensive, <laughs> right? You got to have a little Funny, cushion. You to make should that bring happen. that up. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, something I got to get ahead and then your pressure is going to be on you. And away we go. Well, uh, no, no pressure on my end. I I'm looking forward to it, but, but, uh, yeah, I got, I got a lot of trades out there and stuff and, and I've, that I owe people and I've got, I, I think I'm pretty well on balance. I've got, I think people owe me more than I owe people, but that's anyway. perfect. Yeah. You get once in a while. I had a customer that here you know, a couple of years ago or so here, we want to, I think it was probably a tax thing as a horse outfit here in Idaho. They, they wanted to, before the end of the year, they wanted to pay me in full for two saddles. Ouch. Mm -hmm. Yikes. Mm, I don't like that. And I got one of them going. I got another one on the books and they paid me mm. not complete, uh, what, complete saddle, but it's, it's damn sure probably 80% of it. I don't know. Depends on what they get. I don't know what they're going to get yet. So, mm. but, uh, so we both listened yeah. to a podcast this week. I listened Your to it three again. times. <laughs> there you go <laughs> oh man well well you know it's like it's so dense it was just so dense with information i just i couldn't help myself mm. it was matthew mcconaughey lex fridman um a russian immigrant who got a podcast going and stuff out of austin texas seems like austin's the big place now rogan's there Oh yeah, Fridman's there, McConaughey lives there and stuff. So anyway, yeah. I, I, I haven't seen, but maybe one of McConaughey's movies. But of course, I've known about him all along and stuff. But uh, pretty interesting character, huh? Well, very interesting, and and I've yet to meet Matthew, but I was a mile south of his brother Rooster, who he talks about in the in this book green lights and roosters pretty well known himself uh he uh he lived a mile north of me when i was in midland and i'm talking about an absolute character rooster is a hoot and and uh uh then now rooster uh, i've met his son madison and and uh, here recently i have lots of friends i've known him forever and just a, a great guy. And a couple of times I've talked to him and rooster's always the same too. I, I've always enjoyed rooster. And so, 
you know, it's all, they, they're a unique family and, and uh, they're go-getters. They're hard, hard chargers. And, and a rooster owns a ranch. Oh, it's about 20 miles uh, south of me now. And, and uh, a very good friend has worked for him for many years and, and, and still helps out on the ranch. She's no longer working for him, but, but it's there. And, and they're just, it's a fun observation. I mean, they, as, as, as that podcast kind of alluded to, and, and I'm going to confuse, I'm going to cross thread the book green lights that, that uh, Matthew has. And then, and then the podcast, cause I was listening to the book again yesterday. And, and I said, there's so much information to, to digest. And he says it like we've both commented. He's, he's a great communicator right and his 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 thoughts are well thought out unlike mine they they're concise and and uh, there's so much said in each sentence it's just like hold on repeat that you know it's it's, it's, it's like, like with wow. a fire hose yeah standing there with a fire hose this guy's just unleashing on you <laughs> wow yeah. <clears throat> yeah it's it was fun but that there was a few things that kind of kind of jumped out at me he he talked about life is a mystery moving forward and it's a science looking back and that's a true statement uh of course um looking back sometimes things are still a mystery looking back on things but uh yeah well missed you know that that that's so we're all trying to figure out how to get there, right? No matter where we're at now, we're still trying to figure out how to get there. And uh, um, beginners or people just getting started in mine and your professions uh, are wondering how the hell they get to where you and I are at 20, 40 years into the game here. And and uh, me and you are sitting here wondering, well, how do we get there? And and that's the that's the mystery part, right? And and uh, the scientific part, me and you can look back and say, well, we did this, this, and this, but I got to tell you, I did a lot of things, but there were, a, there were probably more things that happened to me that wasn't, and I always say this, not because of my good looks or intelligence, things happened to me. And I don't know why, I don't know how, um, moving in with the Darnell family, how the hell did that happen? Well, I know how it happened, but why did it happen? And, and maybe that's the mystery looking back, you know, move in. You could scientifically say, well, I move in with the Darnells, live them five years, work three years, start my own business. And I become a pretty good bit and sperm maker. That's scientific. But the mystery is how did those stars line up? Cause it wasn't a plan. Well, that, that goes, goes into what he was talking about. Mystical success versus engineered success sure so yeah you you can engineer things as best you can but there's this intangible out there that now wait whoa how did that happen i had nothing it happened in spite of myself how did that happen and i i can look back and things early early on and holy cow i couldn't have written a script that would have improved on it i, I had no clue I had no clear vision or clue of what was going to happen. I had an idea in my mind, but how, that path to get there, I could not have written that any better than it actually worked out. Sure. Well, 
is there not a part of living today for what today's worth and, and taking advantage of the opportunities that are in the day? And I, and I, I think Matthew talks a little bit about that too, right? Is, is, um, staying in the moment in the day and, and, uh, not getting too, too wrapped up or worried about what's happening tomorrow. It's just, if you're going to do it, do it to the best of your ability. And, uh, what, what, what was, what, what was his dad said as he was going off to Hollywood? Don't half-ass it, right? Yeah. Well, don't, don't half-ass the day. And, and, uh, I, I, I think there's a lot of value in that. And I, Maxim, we don't have, we don't have no guarantee. We don't have a guarantee we're going to get to eat lunch, right? I mean, we, we don't know what's going to happen. And good Lord, I'm a spiritual guy and, and I'm not bashful about that and, and sharing that with the world. But I, uh, I don't push it on anybody. Everybody's got their own path that they got to do. I have my, my beliefs, but it, uh, uh, in Al-Anon, uh, a higher power was in charge and we had to understand and come to realize that. And, and that relationship that started with, with higher powers, you know, I mean, that, that's one way to say and call it whatever you want, but, uh, uh, it was very important to me and, and very important to the day and the journey that I'm on here. It, it kind of simplifies things and not getting too, so we both said that Matthew is very intellectual, very well thought out statements. And it's like, there's so much to unpack in each statement, but I think part of it too, is let's not overthink this too much. Right. It's like, take today for what it has and take advantage of the opportunity and don't half ass it rock and roll with it. Absolutely. If there is one, one kind of thread, there's probably many threads that go through that two hour visit that he had on there that we listened to. Um, but the one that really, really snaps for me, the thing that really comes out very, very strong is that this is a guy who does not live with a lot of friction in his life. Would you say that? Right. Yeah, and by, that by that, I mean, he, he doesn't, he, he, he recognizes shortcomings where they are, but he mm -hmm. doesn't, doesn't wallow in that. He doesn't get dragged down into that. He, he, to me that the, the analogy would be like sewing a candle binding. I got a candle binding. I got to get sewn really looking forward to it this morning. And I mm -hmm. got a herb French all and man, that thing glides through the leather. There is no right. friction. It just glides. You probably got a graver, you know, some of your gravers uh -huh. and stuff here that it just, it just almost has a life of its own. There's very little pressure that re required. It just glides. That's what McConaughey, that, that's what it looks like from 10,000 feet. It just looks like there is no friction. So the question what? is, how do you, how do you get to no friction? How do you live a, a mostly frictionless life that, like that? And if you look, duck on the water, right? Just floating, but his feet are going 90 miles an hour underneath. And I'm not saying Matthew is, but if we, he's very open about his life and growing up and his family and <laughs> it makes for a great story. Mom and dad married uh, divorced twice, married three times and, and dad died. Yeah. To each other. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, uh, you know, 
I'm full blown knife fights in the kitchen and blood and you know mom's trying to stab dad and dad's throwing ketchup at her um which that's in the book i mean it's it's <laughs> i didn't know that i haven't read the book oh, yet <laughs> oh yeah i mean mom's got a kitchen knife trying to cut dad's head off and he's got a bottle of heinz ketchup throwing ketchup on her and and <laughs> <laughs> And and then and then at the end of the fight they have sex in the kitchen floor, right? He said, "That's my life. That that's how it all went, right?" And you're like, "So was it was it a perfect life? No, but he's learned how to. Uh, we all need to learn how to take what life offers, analyze it, and then move on, right? And and uh, don't get all worked up. It's our choice. It's not what happens to us in life. It's how we react to those things that happen, happen to us in life. And, uh, and, and that's where the non-friction comes from is, is, and he talks about his mom, you know, and that she, she can forgive herself instantly. Well, sometimes that's hard for the rest of us to do is to forgive ourselves and the way things happen. And we get to thinking, oh yeah, this is my fault. And wow, wow, wow. Well, forgive yourself, move on. Now, that doesn't mean you have to continue the same pattern, right? Is, is, uh, that I think that's the trick is if you, if you've done something that bothers you, well then change it, right? Forgive yourself and change it. Now you want to repeat the pattern and it doesn't bother you. I guess that's up to you too, but, <laughs> uh, well, forgiveness is a big, I don't know. big part of the equation. You, know, you talk about forgiving ourselves. I think, from a psychological perspective, yeah, we need to cut ourselves some slack. We need to find a way to, for lack of a better term, forgive ourselves. But I also, of course, in my, I'm a spiritual person too, always have been. And mm-hmm. uh, at for forgiveness for my sins, for my shortcomings, for me, that's first base. That's, yeah. that's, uh, that's first base for me. You talk about liberating. You are set well, free, buddy. You then then dealing with all the other crap, the river of shit of life. Yeah. Becomes more manageable when you know that in the cosmos you're okay, bro. You're okay. Yeah, you're you're okay. Well, another thing is is um, both of us are 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 christian christian fellows and so jesus has saved us and and it's a matter of uh we cannot earn our spot in heaven right it was given to us and so uh take that feeling that sensation to the drawing table and you got a pencil and a blank sheet of paper you don't have to be balled up and tied up thinking you have to be perfect with that thought with that fun core fundamental in our life mm-hmm. that core fun i can mess up a piece of metal and guess what i still get to go to heaven it's okay i'm not going <laughs> to earn it right and and so that frees you up that liberates and does he talks about it in matthew talks about it in his podcast we're turning big old circles here but he's like rules create freedom Right is like is like you have to have some structure, but then that liberates you, and 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 away you go. I wish more people of the liberals of Austin, Texas, would listen to him about that. Is like there's very definite rules that we need to apply. He's a, he's a 
Uh, I'm not going to say he's conservative, but but on the other side of the coin, he has core fundamentals of uh, get up and do it yourself type of deal. And it frees him up to go do what he wants to do. Yep. Uh, it's yeah. a friction deal. That's, that's a big, you know, it's, but at the same time, uh, you got friction going on in your life. You always will. That's about that course yep. correction deal that we all have to sort out. It's, it's not, you don't, you don't polish that all. And, and it's, it's good for the rest of your life. Know what, if you drop it on the concrete floor, you gotta, you gotta pick it up and get her get, get your edge geometry back, get it polished back up and get back on the rails and stuff. But, um, Sometimes you build friction into your life just for the sake of growth. I promise you I had friction when I got done with my workout this morning and I'd climb in a cold shower. There was friction. (laughs) There was friction there. But that was healthy friction. That was healthy friction. That 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 makes my my body, my brain stronger for the next set of adversities that comes along little little things like that you you, well, you resolve some friction and then you add other ones isn't that how it works yeah i mean you had to flip the switch on us because here now we're going to talk about creating adversity in our life that betters us and um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, there's a type of friction that absolutely wears you out tears you down worried about what people are saying on facebook about your stuff good or bad is probably not the right type of friction to to better me today. Um, possibly, but, but, but creating something that you're not sure you're able to execute, I would argue is pretty good friction. If you're not showing your work to somebody that's better than you and asking for their honest critique, you're probably not better in yourself, right? Is you, you have to constantly put yourself in uncomfortable positions uh, in that term to, to better yourself, I believe. And uh, So how does, what does ego have to do with that, that little scenario you played there? Well, I got to talk out of both sides of my mouth too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because I don't like ego. Uh, ego... E-G-O, edging God out, is not a positive for me. Um, but I can also provide examples of my my ego will drive me. I'm a competitive soul. So I don't know if this is ego or not, but I'm very competitive. And when I see somebody out there doing really good work, I'm competitive. I want to, I want to be able to do what they do. And maybe it's my ego that says, Hey, they pulled their pants on like me. So I bet I can do it too. Right. Uh, (laughs) brother-in-law, he's he's a, he's a great man. He's full of confidence. And he, he, he's the one that played football at the university of Arkansas. And uh, he can't be told that he can't do something. And if he's about to play a game, he'll say, you know, I've never played this before, but I bet I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, that's a positive, 
right? Mm-hmm. And the cat doesn't get beat very often. Um, I do not like, I love confidence, but I do not like arrogance. And, and so I, that I'm not a good wordsmith. I'm not great with definitions here. I tend to tie ego to arrogance a little bit, but I don't think that's the truth. That's not, that's, I shouldn't do that. I know I shouldn't, but I, I don't want to get those two confused because I absolute hate arrogance. Arrogance to me is I'm good as I'm better than you. Not that I'm good, but I'm better than you or confidence. I can absolutely get the job done. Um, maybe ego helps with that confidence, right? Ego says, Hey, I can do it too. Um, I don't know. Kind of, he talked about that. <clears throat> Remember he, he said that when my ego's strongest, that's when I serve people best. That's when I can say I was wrong. That's when I can, um, listen to criticism when it, when it's when it, strong, that's how he, well, I had, I had to agree with, with a lot of that. If you're, you're struggling with your own identity, you're not, you're not, uh, comfortable in your own skin. Sounds like, is it Travis, your brother-in-law? Holy cow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's awesome. Mason. That, Mason. Uh, Mason. Yeah. Well, Mason, Travis, Travis, not that way, but he's confident. Well, they, he just doesn't tell you. <laughs> I think it needs to be, uh, we all, when I hear somebody say, oh, I don't have any ego. I say bullshit. Everybody does. Everybody does. It's, it's a matter of how you manage it. If the people that don't, they go off the bridle on that and you got a train wreck. But if you, you got an ego, it it takes an ego to show up for a class and be, and, and want to get better at what you want, what you want to learn, whatever it is you want to learn. That takes ego, doesn't it? You have to want to be better. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and think that you can. And, and so those, cause I, you know, I like the vulnerable aspect, Matthews, you know, take criticism and, and, uh, and humble yourself and be vulnerable, be safe, right? The, all these things that we've talked about in the past is, is that's what he's saying. His ego allows him to be. And um, I don't know the word, but I understand the attitude. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if you got, if, if the being is able to be vulnerable be a safe place for people, take criticism and improve on it. Um, those are all keys to success. And whether you're the president of the United States or the dude sweeping the floors, uh, you better have some of that. Um, the right Absolutely. attitude. Absolutely. If you're going to grow, right? If you're going to grow mm-hmm. and move. We, we both know fellas that have had 20 years of experience. And we know fellas that have had 20 years of the same experience. There's a lot of difference there. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what Chuck said. He told me one time about a a guy who had been at it and built, I don't know, whatever, a thousand saddles. Mm -hmm. But he said the last one looked not so different from the first one. So Mm -hmm. and it took ego to, to be, to look at each one of them that you've completed, critique it, find ways that, that you could make the next one better, things that you learned on that one, 
observe, remember, and compare. That's what Tom Dorrance always said. Take yeah. notes, make the next one a little bit better than the last. So, well, that takes ego, I think. I, I, I guess it does. And, uh, and uh, you're, you're helping me define that word a little better because ego to me has gotten the way of a lot of people's success, but you're absolutely right. If you don't have some of what you're talking about there, uh, you're never going to get there. If you don't observe, remember and improve, you're never going to get anywhere. I just did a, a critique on my, on my, um, coyote spurs howling at the moon spurs on patreon and uh all these people think i raked them over the coals well i know the guy that that i'm critiquing pretty damn well and uh, he'll be okay <laughs> and so you, you know he, he's already mad at me so who gives a shit let's just tell him mm -hmm. and and i raked that dude over the coals you know and and uh and i appreciated the guy getting their critique appreciated those observations and and I was vulnerable. I showed people where I made mistakes. I showed people where I wasn't going to correct a mistake. I I I was it was it was it it, it just had it had to pass the muster. And uh, do I know it's wrong? I do, but I wasn't going to start over. Right? It's like no. See, so. you, I texted you a couple of days ago, and I I said that McConaughey is a cerebral version. Of Wilson Capron. <laughs> right. And this is an example of that, buddy. You, is it? You describe for me, what you just described is a frictionless mm -hmm. experience. Yeah. You, you weren't worried about it. No. You said that guy's going to take a critique. I know him pretty well. Yeah. He'll take a critique. We're all good. I'm not going to batter myself about the head and shoulders and stuff over this deal. We're going to take the critique. We're going to learn. We'll move forward. And that's, if that's not Matthew McConaughey, I don't <laughs> well, know who Matthew McConaughey is. And, uh, I mean, it's, yeah, you have to be that way. I, I feel like, and, and I got to tell you, so this is a, this is a tool that I use that, Okay, you and I both understand the feeling of putting something, our, our, putting something, putting our heart and soul on display in Oklahoma City at the National Stone Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum for our TCA show each and every year. Our heart and soul lies right there on three pedestals, right? It's, we, we are exposing ourselves to the world for the world to see the mistakes. And you and I, have lived with that experience for four months of this year, trying to put them out there. We see them. We see the mistakes. They're in bright flashing lights, right? And when somebody, if I have the attitude of, I hope nobody sees that, then the minute the person comes up to me and, oh, they will, well, why didn't you do this? Or why didn't you do that? Then I'm all of a sudden trying. I'm all of a sudden trying to prevent them from going any further in depth with that. But in reverse of that, I just went ahead and told the world. Now I didn't go to Facebook and all that stuff, but I did do it on Patreon, where I have a hundred followers that are paying me to for my for my for my experience, my shop. Right? They're paying for my world. Well, I just went ahead and told them. 
here it is. This is what I've done wrong. So that when they come to me and they say, hey, Willie, I see you didn't do that. I've already ex- I've already exposed that. I've already I've already admitted to it, and and now I can go and learn from it. And I put I feel like I put myself in their position, right? We're in more of an equal playing field. Is that is that I I have made mistakes and I plan on improving them the next time. And if you don't like it, I get it. Understand? I didn't really like it either. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> fix it. That's my that's one of my tools of of learning how or of of dealing with the world when when I'm up on a pedestal. Is like, yeah, I made mistakes. I'm not perfect, and I'm not. I'm not claiming to be. It helps me have frictionless, a frictionless experience of being on the pedestal. Well, that's uh, people wonder how it works for you and I. I think these are just these are just some little clues and stuff along the way. And uh, I know there's a book. Uh, Stephen Pressfield wrote a book here a number of years back. I've been quite a while since I've read it and uh, it's called the the war of art and hmm. he he gets pretty um, abrupt with this battle uh, with yourself really um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna probably talk a little more than what I actually remember about the book but but he he talks about a real kind of almost like a bloody battle with that friction with that that stuff that we're talking about, like you got to kill it. You got to slay it. And, uh, I got to admit though, I, I mean, there's something to be said for that kind of mode of operation, I guess. But for what's worked for me is I'm just trying to, it's the whole horsemanship thing, right? You got, you're, you're trying to make the wrong thing difficult and the right thing easy. That just means you're placing a little bit of friction for that horse in the wrong thing. And sometimes it takes a lot of friction before they realize there's a soft spot over here. And for me, just in the ordinary things of the day, um, just, just little, little things I'm, I'm doing, I'm brushing my teeth with my left hand and I'm very right-handed have been for years but I'm developing more and more skill. Does that take friction? Damn right. Mm-hmm. I shave with my left hand and my right hand. <laughs> right. And I don't come out too bloody these days. <laughs> Just stuff yeah. like little things I try to build into my day that create friction, but they also grease the skids. It, it makes your mind embrace the fact that there is some friction and then when some of the friction you deal with though too is is just plain old anxiety about stuff you're worried worry if you're worrying about stuff now that's friction you're worrying about the critique you're worrying about what other people think of this you're worrying about that that's the friction you need to offload in any way you can worrying is like a rocking chair gives you something to do but it doesn't get you anywhere yep mm-hmm. right so i'm i'm building a, a fireplace tool set with pablo for for our show right now and uh one of the one of the difficult steps of blacksmithing is creating a square corner so if you bend a bar 
the outside edge of the bend is radiused, right? And even if you bend it in 90 degrees, the metal stretches out there. It compacts in the, in the, in the inside portion because it got shorter. The, the metal got shorter there, but it got longer on the outside. So you have to drive metal to the outside edge, but still maintain the same thickness of the bar. That's the purpose. That's the, that's the goal is so, um, what did I do? I designed a fireplace tool set that had square corners all over the damn thing. I, could I do it? Kind of. I've kind of started doing it on some of my mouthpieces. So it gave me some confidence, but I'd never really done a whole bunch of it. This, this damn thing I've spent all week in 110 degree weather banging away on the forge. It's the greatest friction in the world. I love it. Like it's just been fun. I got blisters on my hands and it's hot as hell, but I've loved every minute of it. Cause Cause guess what? Now I'm doing it right now. I can, I can stand up and say, yes, I can do this. But, uh, there were definite, there were some definite, um, moments of crap. It's in the wrong spot. Right. So that's the other thing you bend the damn thing and it's got to be exactly where you want it bent. Uh, that's an issue. But if you don't, so you have to do things like that. And that's, so that's the, the that is the true, beauty and benefit of the TCA for me is not only the friendships and the, and the family that I've created with it. That is a huge benefit, but the friction to build the three best things I've ever made in my entire life. Would I do that without the TCA? I would like to say that I would, but I know I probably wouldn't. It takes a certain amount of external pressure that the group provides in order to to step up to the plate and give her a swing. I'm, yeah. I'm with you a hundred percent that I wouldn't be half the crowd. I I've said it before, probably said it on this podcast. I'm not even sure that I would be a full-time saddle maker were it not for the association. It yeah, put I, a I, lot I, of pressure on me and that pressure made me what I am. That was, friction. Yeah. that was positive friction that I stepped up and, and uh, met the challenge. Well, I, I would like, I, I, I would, I mean, so day one, Michael Wayne Capron said, we better start talking about art and design. Oh no, pop. I don't want to be an artist. Friction, right? Friction mm-hmm. got involved day one. So I've been on this path uh, from day one when, when, with, with that attitude, right. Um, the, uh, that was that I, that I fell in and was born in right back to mystery or science. And that, I, I don't know what that was, but it happened and here I am and look. And so I would be, I, I think I would be along a path, but I would not be the maker I am without the added friction of the three best things I'd ever made. I, I picked shows out and I did the best I could at those shows. Um, and it was all the time stretching myself, but, but, uh, now for 20 what is it 20 i'm in this thing 20 years nearly uh it wouldn't it wouldn't be here without it not not my not my quality my work no way 100 percent. so mcconaughey well it it was actually wasn't said on the on the interview but at the the very end of the podcast fridman said i want to leave you with this quote from matthew mcconaughey don't walk into a place like you want to buy it 
walk <laughs> into a place like you own it. Yeah. Your thoughts. Can't. So just to, that came from his mother. And, and she said, she told him that when he was, when he was going to try out, um, audition for a part in a movie. And, and, uh, so that, that's a quote from his mom, uh, attitude of abundance, Cindy, mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it's all part of that. And I, my wife does that. Katie walks into a place like she owns it. She walks in and goes, I'm here. Y'all recognize it. <laughs> She'd probably be mad at me for saying it just like that. And oh, we do around Katie. I see that. <laughs> but she walks in, right? I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. And uh uh I, I I that that attracts attention. That attracts like what in the world? It, now do some people not like it? Sure. Not, I'm I'm sure that bothers some people. But um I, I, I think that is a key ingredient to, to success and moving forward because that takes you away from the worry, right? Nobody's in here going to eat me. Nobody's going to bite me. Um, and I, and I'm comfortable in my own skin. I'm comfortable in my path. And so back to our spiritual deal, uh, I can't earn my right into heaven. It was given to me by the grace of Jesus. So grace of God, Jesus did it for us. So, I'm good. I'm okay. I can walk in here and say, Hey, I'm all right. I can, I will survive. I would, I want it. So another thing in the book, one of his, one of his mentors and people as he was getting into Hollywood, you walk in like you want the part, not like you have the, you have to have the part because if you have to have it, they will eat you alive. It's all the same deal is, is you, you, you want it. Yeah, I want it, but I don't have to have it. I will be okay. This is very important. You can't appear needy. If you appear needy, that has the opposite of magnetism. It is, yeah. And you could say probably repulsive in some way or another, especially if you walk into a room of other alpha individuals, females or males. Oh yeah, they're yeah, they're going to see that the moment you step across the threshold. Oh yeah. Yeah. You will be devoured. Yep. Yep. It'd be devoured. And I, and I, so, okay. Uh, I'm no Navy SEAL. I'm no special forces guy. Uh, we all know that I, I appreciate their mental ability, but I'm going to put myself in a, in a position, maybe not that, but in a, okay. I'm in a place of leadership. I want to hang around people that are going to create friction in my life and pull me forward, not pull me backwards. Right. So that part of where we are, we are the five people that we surround ourselves with our five friends. Um, if I have people that are, that are creating the right kind of friction, a positive growth can do attitude. I got this. Um, I, that inspires me. That drives me. That's what I want to be around. But the, but the individual that's sapping energy from me, well, I don't know if I can do it. And I'm all the time saying, yes, you can. Come on, come on. You can do it. You can do this. I'm out, dude. Like, I mean, I, I'm here to help, but to call them and go drink a beer. No, I'm going to go drink a beer with the guy that's, and, and I don't want to be that drag to people either. Right. I don't want to be that, 
those five people I hang around, if, if I'm pulling them back, well, they're going to shuck me to the, to the woods too. So I have to play the right part as well. I need to, I need to also inspire them to move forward in life. And, uh, and we move forward in order to be that friend that I want. I have to be that friend that I want as well. So of those five friends that you spend time around that we are most influenced by, Mm-hmm. Do you consciously try to raise the average within that five? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you just, you were just describing? Wasn't you're, um, you're holding their feet to the fire Yeah, and they probably likewise to you. So you're, yeah. you're collectively trying to raise the bar for everybody else in that group. Yeah. Yeah. Within the TCA as well, right? My family there mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. is constantly saying, Hey, what's up? And, 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 and constantly putting out, putting out things and running my business. And, and I've, I've concentrated an awful lot the last couple of years within my own personal business. Um, I would like to think that those efforts, I do know for sure that those efforts are having a success, a difference within my own business. I would like to think that it's provided an example for not only TCA, but our, but our, our peers in our industry of, Hey, look at here, look, look what's happening in the Willie, you know I mean? So the scientific part of success, the engineered success, um, there is some engineering going into mm-hmm. the blessings that are being given to me, which is mm-hmm. the mystical part. Right. But mm-hmm. there's some engineering. I'm not just sitting here in my shop with the doors closed, making the three best things I've ever made in my life. That's not, going to get me there i have to get out engineer some things tell some people and then to in order for the mystical to happen mm-hmm. it's almost like the, the horsemanship thing pops into my head so so for this horse you're trying to engineer some success and in doing so a lot of it's physical it's you're trying to set things up in a physical way but you're also hoping that the horse, you're setting it up for it so he can find it. And that becomes mm-hmm. feel. And that is, mm-hmm. that's mystical. So, and that's, I, I think we're in parenting. I think that same, those same dynamics apply. I think it applies in re- other relationships. You're not like you're trying to manipulate things. Mm-mm. You're just trying to help one another out. Um, yeah. So you're trying to set it up so that, you, you can't cram anything down anybody's throat. You, all no. you have to do is create opportunity. And, uh, and when you create opportunity, that other person has to find it, that other, that, that horse has to find it. And, and that's what I try to do in my classes. I try to, I'm not trying to withhold information. It's just that oftentimes you're trying to describe something that, that tends toward the, the, the mystic, mystical, the abstract. You, all yeah. you can do then is create opportunity and hope that they can find it. They're engineered yeah. opportunities so well, that uh, others can find it. And that's uh, what I think the TCA is trying to do, isn't it? Yeah. Cause we got 12 individuals, right? There's 12 individuals in the group doing their deal. We all got a different path. We all got a different, uh, way of going about things. Me and you talking on this podcast about business and pricing and deposit or no deposit. Well, two examples right here, 
you know, you and I are close friends, but you're going to run your business the way you do. And I'm going to run my business the way I do. We're, we're the, we're the, as individuals, we have to look at our customer in the eye. So we're the ones that have to stand up for the way we're running things. And, and if we're, it's up to everybody to, to do that in a comfortable manner, not create friction, right? I don't want to create friction in my own life with my customers. I want to create a, a pleasant, safe environment and with clear communication. So I'm just expressing how I do it so that other people can find their own path and, and move forward. Amen to all of that. That's, yeah. that's all we're trying to do. So, yeah, I, I, I've been kind of chuckling to myself about what you said about Katie. I, we, we were, <laughs> we were sitting there and we weren't sitting, we were all standing around in that, that kind of that bar there at that, uh, in Oklahoma city last fall around that, mm-hmm. that pool, nobody's mm-hmm. swimming, of course, but outdoors mm-hmm. and beautiful evenings and stuff we had there in Oklahoma in early October and stuff. And we got, she and I got to talking and she, she, I'm asking her about the pizza joint and stuff and finding out how mm-hmm. things are working. And she's trying to find her way with the employees and everything. And she oh. says, they just, they just do what I tell them to do. <laughs> I can't remember what she, she was talking about. She was almost a little, it was almost as, I think as if she was maybe a little surprised. And I said, now, Katie, <laughs> let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're a tall, beautiful, confident woman. I said, those, those 18 year old boys, I promise you, They'll do anything you ask them to do. <laughs> <laughs> they do. That's pretty they funny. Well, yep. I went in, yep. uh, she serves lunch on Wednesdays, and so uh, Wednesday we went in for lunch, and uh, me and me and Eli and, and uh, his brother was in here, so the three of us. Then Emmy, my youngest, one, she wanted to go to. So the four of us walked in there. Was it's really slow on lunch. She's not open, you know, just on Wednesdays, and so she had, only had one one guy in there working. He's one of our best, best helpers. And, and, uh, yeah, he's probably 18 years old, maybe. And, <laughs> and when we, we ordered two pizzas and a couple drinks and everything. And, and, uh, I got my card out and I gave it to him and he got this deer in the headlight look. And I said, what's the matter? He said, she told me to never let you pay for anything. And I said, well, <laughs> she's, she's not here. I don't care, dude. Like you can't pay for it. And I'm like, it's like, but I, you know, here I am towering over him. I was like, nah, dude, it's okay. And, and he's so confused, right? Cause I'm boss man in a way. I mean, they don't look at me as boss man, but they know I'm boss man, a boss lady's husband. And so they, don't, they don't know how to do it. And I, he said, I think I can do it where she'll never know. I said, okay, let's pay for it. <laughs> we went. But he was oh, scared to death. Poor Katie. Oh, yeah. Now she she has a superpower, but the thing is, and I don't know her all that well, obviously, but it, but she she handles it with grace. I mean, she told me, oh yeah, you know, she bruised some some of the boys up pretty bad. You know, I don't know what happened, what was going on, and stuff, and and they got through it and <laughs> stuff, and she handed them all a twenty dollar bill on their way out the door. And it, yeah. just, they just walked out of there with their head held high. And, and uh, you know, we had some friction, to borrow a term, but mm-hmm. but uh, we got through it and we're all good. 
it's all good. Well, there, there's some carnage left in the wake. Um, let me put it that way. And she will eat their ass out, but all of them want to work for her. And, and, uh, that's a leadership type of situation. You know, she's, mm-hmm. she's doing good at that. And, uh, you know, and I, when we're giving critiques, I never, ever, ever want anybody to leave an experience that uh, between the two of us of a critique that, that they're discouraged, right? I want them to absolutely be encouraged. Can't wait to get back to the shop, but I'm going to give them plenty to think. I'm going to give them, no, no I'm going to give them plenty. I'm plenty has a variable term to it. Some people plenty is one statement. Some people plenty means I'd rip the thing apart completely. Right. And, and away you go. So each individual is a little different. I try to read that because, um, the absolute end goal is that they leave encouraged, wanting to work, wanting to perform, thinking they can, and uh, move forward. But that's one of our, that's a friction moment for us, isn't it? Giving a critique. Oh, yeah. Giving a critique, and that's ticklish stuff. Of course, we, I think we probably talked about it before. You don't, you don't give a critique unless they ask for it. And even if oh, they yeah. ask for it, it's worthwhile finding out whether they really want it or not. Oh yeah. oh yeah. You know what? You know, here's a, here's a trick as, uh, I get, I get them to critique it before I do. <laughs> right. That's, so, a, and that's, that's a trick. That, that's a good yeah. one. They'll tell you how much they want to critique. Yeah. They'll tell you right there. If they, mm-hmm. if they rip it apart, then I can, I, I know they're, 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 they're a little more calloused, right? They can handle a little more ripping, but if they say, well, I kind of like it. That's, that's all pretty good. Well, me too. <laughs> pretty good yeah yeah well, there we go that that creates a safe space for you to step into if they're mm. they're kind of tough on themselves that tells mm. you where their mindset is out so yeah. i'll have to remember that one well there's it, it, another reasoning too is if um if they've already known about things that they messed up on, I'm not going to re-crucify them for it, right? I'm not going to rake them over the coals. I'll either, now, if they're worried about a fingerprint, I'm like, look, dude, we can see through fingerprints. Let's not worry about that. Don't, don't be worried about that. But if they got real crooked borders and things and, and, they, and they see it, well, there's no sense in me pointing it out. I'll agree with them. So, yeah, work on it. But I'm not going to sit here and jabber jaw at them. They already know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll try to help them how to, how to solve the problem, but I'm not going to crucify them for the problem. Oh. I think it'd been a few years back when I asked Chuck for a critique and, and, uh, I, it seems like it was, might've been in person and there were other people around and, and he said, yeah, well, there's a few things, but he says, I think you know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. Uh, yeah i've I've absorbed everything every critique i hung on every word that he told me and uh so yeah he and he he knew me he knew he knew when i i'd laid an egg on this and that and we're gonna try and correct that next time and stuff so well laying an egg is a part of it and uh even if you even if you uh, hatched all of them the time before, that doesn't mean you're not going to lay a rotten one this time. Uh, <laughs> you, you have to, you have to uh, concentrate at all times. For sure. Well, sir, we've, uh, we've chewed up an hour. I've got a, 
I'm going to get some thread prepared here and all ready to go. And I got a candle binding waiting for me and I'm going to enjoy that. So, well, I am too. I, uh, I'm going to plug away here. We got, uh, uh, me and me and the forge are going to heat back up. I'm going to try to wrap some things up. Got, got, uh, Amy Raymond coming in next week with TCA fellowship. So that's cool for a couple days, do some engraving. And I uh, see if I, I'm going to try not to mess up her silversmith and world. You know, my silversmith and buddies might crucify me if I mess <laughs> her up. <laughs> try to help her. So be fun. Well, that'll be good. I think Amy's a good gal. She's, she's, uh, she's on a good track as far as I can tell what I can see in the visits I've had with her. But, uh, Oh, by the way, congratulations on that Ryan Motes. Uh, video that's an awesome who produced that video that uh, had his his mother so, interviewed salty, and yeah salty roan productions bart hergy does that for me bart does a, a great job also all the videos i've done this year um you know bart's done for me and and uh you know that it's very professionally done and with all three of those videos i have been nowhere to be seen my my my, my lady, uh, Lorinda Van Newkirk, who's done my website and my marketing helps me. She corrects my course all the time. Um, she's, she's kind of helped with all that. She was, she was the first video and then that Bruster Frierson, um, video and then doing with Ryan. She's there helping with all of it. So couldn't do it with all of them without all of them. I mean, it's, it's awesome. And so it just, you know, I think it's very important that people hear that story and, and see the joy that they get from getting some of these pieces and, and, uh, Certainly, yeah, it's a video about me and my work, but I don't really want to be anywhere seen in it. And so I I, I really like the way these videos are going. I think it's cool. Yeah, well, it's high. That's that's high production value and uh, so well done. So well done. And, and Ryan, of course, I've heard of him for years and stuff. Didn't he split the million-dollar kitty mm, at the so American yeah so so the video of him roping there i mean the the clip of him roping in that video was from that that was him winning the million dollars so that's that's pretty cool and and ryan i've known ryan since we both got started basically and well he got started way before i did but we're you know close to the same age and and ryan was uh used to rope with him a little bit and all that so you know, it was really cool to get to build him a pair of spurs. And, and what a humble guy, just just good, solid individual, good person. So this makes it that much better. It's way fun. Cool. Yeah. Good deal. Well, we better uh, sign off here, clock in, and, and uh, away we go. So good visit Fared this up. morning. Yeah, good visit. And, uh, I don't know if we can get Matthew on. Maybe we'll get Rooster or, or Madison on and they can talk about Matthew. <laughs> there we go. Oh, there you I go. guarantee if we if we had Rooster, it would be a full it would be entertainment at its I'm, fullest. I'm all sure. in. All in for that. That'd be awesome. I could yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I couldn't help but think, okay, I've got a set of questions for Matthew McConaughey. Will I ever get a chance to ask him those questions? You know, it is not impossible. It is not it is impossible. 
It is not impossible. And I know that that guy, I mean, it's just, he talks about it in his book. He's, he's, he walked in the coffee shop one day. Nobody looked at him or talked to him. The movie, the first movie popped out and everybody was staring at him. And, uh, I know, I know that's a, 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 a situation. That's a friction that you and I don't have to deal with. And I never want to pressure any of those fellas to, to, to be out there in the spotlight that they don't want to be in. I mean, well, we got three or 400 people uh, <laughs> listening to us and I'm sure there's a huge demand on his time, but you know, who knows one day something yeah. might happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm open to whatever, whatever, however these, these things line out. Um, we'll have fun regardless. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Thanks, right. sir. See you soon. Okay. Take care. Adios.